hello everybody, welcome to the latest edition, it's episode 199, that's 199, it is the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host Nathan Judah and there is no Joe Edwards this week, he's got his birthday, he's got some kind of anniversary, so I'm delighted to be joined by a, a huge upgrade um, as he's put in the um, in the reply email that we had earlier, uh, welcome, a huge Villa fan, uh, fellow digital sports team employee, uh, people will know him from the two live previous Wolves podcasts, uh, Roger Johnson, Lucky Likey, Mr. Luke Hatfield is on the show, Luke Hatfield everyone, Luke Hatfield. Oh, I mean, hi, thanks, thanks for having me on. Um... Not too sure the Roger Johnson look-alike uh, quote is is quite as legit as it was now, seeing as I've decided to take the plunge and shave off my hair during lockdown. You did. You went all. You went complete in lockdown, didn't you? You were kind of like back and forth. Then all of a sudden, it was. To be honest, it's it's the, it's what every man wants to do. Really, is to completely shave it off. Wake up. Don't have to mess about with anything. It's just they. Don't have, I mean, there's no. There's no kind of care, is there? Or, or do you do you do wax a little bit or a little bit of oil? I mean, I don't know. I've never been completely bald. Uh, but when you do go like that, is is there any kind of like care product situation? We talked about um, me doing facial features and my my post bathroom routine for pre pre sleep a couple of weeks ago, Luke. So is there anything that you need to go through um, from a from a taking care point of view for the old head? It's, it's funny because I listened to that episode, funnily enough. Uh, and and on this bored. on this stance, I will say I'm an upgrade on Joe Edwards because I actually do use beard oil. Excellent! There you go. <laughs> Fantastic! That's what you have to do. You have to take care of it. Exactly. I mean, Nuno, and and you mentioned this. 100, percent he'll use some beard beard, beard Nailed oil. Nailed on. He'll he'll never say that, but 100 percent he does. I mean, well, I mean, when we've attended presses, mate. I mean, that beard when it's in full flow is yeah. something special. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is. But yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's funny because I've shaved it down, and I don't. I never actually go completely bald. It's like the one setting above it, you know, like a zero all over. So there's actually a tiny little bit of hair. Do you um, do it yourself, or, do, or does the missus do it? So I bought a specific kind of razor to do it. So initially, I only had like my ordinary one, which yeah. was it was. So these aren't me... clippers. This is a ra- This is like a, a big razor type thing. No, it's like a double-sided electric razor. It's really hard to describe. So like it's got like two razors, one on either side, mm. and like you just kind of like almost move it up and down your scalp, and it just takes all the hair off. Um, but initially, when I went, first went into lockdown, I just had some standard like clippers, mm. and I tell you what, the misses, mate. Oh, I thought like I'd been through like twelve rounds with Titan oh, afterwards. Oh, mate! Oh, brutal. Mate. Honestly, it was it was sit down, shut up, and then it was it was. About thirty minutes of of just pain and tears and a little bit of sweat. Oh. So I was like, I've got to start doing this myself. Oh no! It was grim, honestly. That's horrendous, really. Yeah. Can and... you mess it? Can you mess it up that much? What's that? Can you mess it up that badly? Oh, I mean, there's times when I've done it myself, and I've I've asked the missus, just can you just take a look, make sure I've got everything, and I've left like. You know, um, who was it? Was it like a, a Roberto <laughs> Baggio la, la, ponytail? Last, oh no! What the little rat tail? <laughs> yeah, not intentional. But <laughs> when you're working in the mirror, you don't always see it. So it, it was a—it's a little bit of a task, but I'm getting better. I'm slowly improving. Um, but yeah, the the Roger Johnson look is is is, is well and truly gone now. Well, mate, I mean, you know, I say people might remember it from a. Uh, 
from Wolves Podcast Live 100, the WV1 Lounge in uh, at Molyneux. I mean, fair play if you were there. I think there was a couple of hundred, 250 that night, at least 250. We packed it out. It was a great oh, night big crowd, for those mate. who were there. It was, it was awesome, awesome. And um, I think it's very apt that you're on this show pre-200, almost there, almost double the amount of episodes. I don't know how we've got there. But we've got a special announcement, and if you don't, if you haven't heard about it, where have you been for the last six or seven hours? People may say at work, but that's not an excuse. We're at home, no one's doing anything, they're just on the phones all day on social media. Um, We're going live again, Lukey baby, we're going live again next Thursday. So, episode 200, of course it comes out every Thursday, episode 200. Luke will be there, of course, but it will be Joe. It will be me. It will be the return of Mr. Tim Spears in a live two-hour, 7 p.m. start, virtual extravaganza. Not only will you be able to see us and hear us and watch us live, hopefully, but of course you can do it afterwards and, and listen to us afterwards in the normal the normal avenues that you normally do so. But please, if you can, and let's be honest, no one's doing anything next Thursday night at 7 o'clock, apart from potentially cooking tea before EastEnders or Coronation Street. Mm. So so come on, come online. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on the site. Everything's going to be on simultaneous. All you have to do is press the button and watch our ugly mugs talking a bit about wolves, having a laugh, having a joke, getting the band back together with the Athletics' Mr Tim Spears, raising some money for some incredible charities in Breast Cancer Now and Feed Our Pack Wolves Foundation's charity. And uh, look, two hours. What, what's, what's, what's not to like? It gives you an excuse. Get away from the husband, get away from the missus, watch it together, watch it with the kids. Mm, actually, mm-hmm. probably best you don't watch it with the kids because I can't guarantee with alcohol flowing and with Spears and me going in full full patter that there might be a couple of expletives in there. However, you know, you might be bringing them up and maybe maybe you might be able to to allow a swear or two if it just slip in there. But it's going to be a great night. We're going to raise some money. It's completely free to watch, completely free to view, completely free to listen to. But if you do have some money and do have a spare fiver or tenure if you're enjoying it, then come and join us. I've, uh, I've tweeted it out. It's on the site. The links are there to Just Giving. And like I say, all you need to do is, is be there and turn up. It's, it's going to be a good night, Luke. Was, uh, was, was Jackie Oatley a bit more expensive than Tim? Jackie Oatley was very expensive. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, did, I, did approach, I did approach Jackie and she only does national TV and national uh. radio and national podcasts now. So, so our little old Wolves podcast is, is too big time. No, Jackie, Jackie's always welcome on, but we, we can't. You know, I think sometimes um, we we can't set ourselves set the bar too high, so we've lowered it slightly and brought Spears back from the dead. And uh, he's very kindly. I have, to, I have to praise him here with a little bit a little bit of banter that we have. But he's very kindly agreed to come on for a one-off episode. Uh, you'll have all your all the old uh, segments, uh, massive in abuse of the week. There'll, there'll be there'll be plenty of stuff that we'll have. Uh, from an old school retro kind of a podcast and the new stuff as well. And uh, look, we'll all have a bit of a laugh. We'll have a bit of a giggle. And like I say, you know, doing it for a great cause. So hopefully you can all come and join us. In fact, Luke, incredibly enough, before I before I finish um, my little spiel, um, I say we're raising money. So I put the link out today uh, and within... I wanted to raise about £500. I thought 500 quid was fair enough. Yeah. I mean, we've been going for... 
three and a half hours now. Incredibly, we've already raised, bearing in mind it's next Thursday, £730 already, which that is, is unbelievable. Um, and thank you so much to everyone who's donated. Uh, remember, you can watch it from all over the world. So I know a lot of people couldn't, you know, they, they live. There's a lot of expats out there who can't come to the live show. So this is for everybody. So it's a, it's a thank you back. And if you do have a bit of spare change, then, then thank you. Um, and that would be much, much appreciated. We're also, we'll announce next week as we're going to do a bit of a live auction during the during the um during the show as well, with, with loads of things to win, so some really good items. Uh, but like I say, thank you so much. Just make sure you're there. If you, if you don't want to watch it for two hours, you can watch it for an hour, 45 minutes, but come in, say hi, send your questions in live. Um, Luke's going to be making sure that everything runs smoothly on the night, and uh, it will hopefully be a, a good old night. Good old night. Right. Luke Hatfield, we've brought you on here because obviously there's an interesting game before that. A little bit of a game. Um, in, in Wolves against Aston Villa we'll come to that in a minute uh, both both of us both of us on the back of defeats um, <laughs> we've got to talk about Wolves uh, oh, uh, Man City 4 Wolves 1 look I um, I know you watched this game Joe obviously I watched it I was I was disappointed uh, and it kind of maybe maybe I was a bit strong at half time in the fact that I thought that the first I understand look Manchester City are incredible. They're mm. brilliant. They have got strength and depth, and they could could win the quadruple because they've got enough quality international world class players to keep on rotating and play different teams every week. Play five, six, seven players. They can rest players now between now and the end of the season, really in the Premier League, because that's all but sewn up. And concentrate on the leagues and the cups. I mean, you saw the bench that he had the other night. I mean, he did rest five or six against Wolves, and and they won four one. It was it mm. was a strange game. I was annoyed at half-time because I thought Wolves kind of expected Neto and Traore to go up front, especially the, the damage that Traore did to them in the um, in the corresponding fixture last season up front. Uh, but that was an awful first half to watch, and I know they only went in 1-0 down, but that could have been 3 or 4. And the fact I've never, ever seen a Wolves side give up so much possession in the game. They, they hardly touched the... I can't even remember touching the box, to be honest. And when you go into Manchester City, I think it's very important just to give it a go. You've got to have a go because you know you're going to concede. You know you're going mm. to concede there. So you've got to score. For me, you've got to score a minimum of two goals when you go there. And with that change side for Manchester City, you know, of course, like you said, they're still quality players. But when you do have a few changes, you want to exploit that. And I felt that Wolves didn't even give themselves a chance until after the break. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest with you, because I tuned in. And I thought, you know, with Wolves' history against Manchester City and, of course, Adama caused them so many problems last season, I thought it could be a, a really entertaining encounter, kind of similar to when, to when Villa took City on, where they didn't really sit back like a lot of other teams. They actually went out and, and, and tried to hurt them. But you're right, first half, it was, it was, it was a tough watch, especially, I imagine, for many Wolves fans, just because they lacked... They lacked any kind of outlet for me up, up front, and I know you, you know you, the idea of playing Neto and and Traore is that you got pace in behind and you can maybe you know, you know counter counter on City, but they just lacked like they lacked that kind of focal point. I felt, and it's it's always going to be tough when you're coming up against Man City, and like you said, you know they've got players players like Riyad Mahrez. He essentially walks into pretty much any other. Premier League starting eleven, doesn't he? But I mean, he's in and out of the side 
you know, pretty much every other day of the week. It, it, it is crazy how much strength and depth they've got. But it was disappointing that first half. But I mean, at least at least Wolves in the second half, they certainly showed a little bit more what they're about. Yeah, I mean, they were. I was really pleased with the second half, and even though they lost the second half three one, um, I thought that they were a lot better. I thought they looked a lot more threatening. Of course, Cody got his goal. I mean, he yeah. picks his time to, or his team to score goals again. First goals for you know England, and and now first Premier League goal for Wolves against Manchester City to to equalise. And actually, and I don't think too many people have, have kind of discussed this since they talk about you know the, the last three goals that Man City scored and they blew them away. And yet yeah, the last two were in injury time or whatever. So the, the scoreline. It's funny, the scoreline at first, the first half probably didn't flatter them, but it did flatter them in the end because I thought Wolves competed pretty well, to yeah. use Nuno's word. Um, but at 1-1, they had two or three great chances, mm. overlaps and three-on-twos and four-on-threes, where you think, if they score there, and they should have scored maybe another one, I think, then they score and they go up, then you've got a real different game. They didn't take those opportunities, and then, of course, you're know you you're always susceptible to, to a goal or two, and there were some mistakes at the end, but... I'd rather have seen the second half where they actually lost 3-1 than, 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 than the first half where they, they went down 1-0. And I think, especially in the Wolves' position and where they are on the table, they're not going, they're not qualifying for Europe, they're not going down. They've got injuries, but at the same time, you've got. To, I, I want us to give it a bit of a go and show a bit more ambition. I understand that depends on the opposition that you're playing against, but even more so, I felt that they were a little bit, a little bit scared and a little mm. bit, and a little bit hesitant. And uh, hopefully on Saturday, and I'm sure they will do, they will show, they'll, they'll probably change their shape again, I'm sure they will do, but they'll need to show more because if they do the same against Aston Villa and they perform like they did in the first half, and I don't think they will, but if they do, they'll, they'll lose that game as well and they don't want to keep on losing to Villa and get the you know Villa to have done the double over them this season. So I, I expect to see a lot more of them and we'll come on to that in a bit, but I just felt that it was a... It was a, it was an evening that was frustrating. Could have been incredible, and ended up being pretty disappointing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird because you mention it. They did have City rattled after that goal. Yeah, they did. They I were mean, they were really rattled. You felt it was there. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, it was. I, I heard a stat saying it was Connor Cody's first shot on target in the Premier. Is that even right? I mean, I, I absolutely one hundred percent right. I mean, I can't remember having another shot on target. I mean, I mean it's only, I, I, it's only, it's only just, just recently just been going on for going up for corners. Yeah, I mean, and the way City reacted, it, there was there was a little bit of an opportunity there. And if you did if you did get the second, then all of a sudden, I mean, I know Wolves would probably sit back a little bit more and say, "Look, well, we got ourselves into a great position. Let's try and hold on." But you're right in saying that the position they're in. I mean, what have you really got to lose by going, you know, toe to toe with City? Yes, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you if you're five nil down at half time, and then by all means, don't try and do a Southampton and and maybe hold out and just go into to damage limitation mode. But if you go if you go to City and, and you give your all in that first half and, and say you you're two goals down, it's it's not the end of the world because I mean, when you sit back and we've seen him we've seen them do it to teams before, like the likes of Burnley when they've sat back against them, they've put four or five past them anyway. So I don't see. Really, the like, what's what is there to lose by by going toe to toe with them, and and you know it makes not only does it you know make a, a good watch, which I know, you know managers will want to play attractive football, but you know at the end of the day it's a results driven business. But I mean, it just gives you more of an opportunity. I think you've got more of a chance of winning a game. Mm, absolutely, um, Premier League table as it is. Let's have a look. Uh, Wolves are twelfth, so so no real movement there. Played twenty seven uh, points, thirty four. So they're in this little mini league now, and uh, now now level with Palace, and Palace have got. I mean, Palace 
I've picked up results after after a disappointment, but my God, they're poor to watch. Oh, yeah, dreadful. Goodness me. I mean, without Zaha in that side, I, I mean, I don't know if you watched the Man United game last night, but oh, it was that was probably one of the worst games I've seen this season. Just absolutely down. There's nothing apart from Eze, really. You can't create it on yourself and Van Arnhal down that left-hand side. Palace are not a team I'd want to watch week in, week out. But Oh, no. Horrible. But anyway... So let's uh, so so Palace are on thirteen thirty four points. Wolves twelve thirty four. Leeds one point ahead thirty five. Then we go all the way up to to Tottenham and Villa um, in this kind of like mini league from eight to thirteenth. So mm. so for me, Wolves can finish any they'll finish anywhere between eighth and thirteenth for me. Maybe they're not going down. And I think Villa to a certain extent could do the same. I know that you were kind of talking about maybe looking when Grealish was fit and looking towards European football potentially mm. but but do you think now Luke that maybe it's just about um, um, consolidating and that maybe having a top half finish would be would be a good season for Villa and do you think that the two teams are very similarly matched when it comes to the aspirations for this season? Yeah it's an interesting one for Villa because the position they're in, and they do have games in hand. If they win their game in hand against, I mean, Chelsea and Liverpool both play twenty six, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, Villa are a point behind them. Then, but it's just the inconsistencies. You know, I mean, since the turn of the year, really, Villa haven't quite clicked the way they they were at the start of the season, and it's it's one of them where they look, and it's a lot of Wolves fans will kind of, I don't know, maybe, you know, read into this as well. A lot of Villa fans will look at the game yesterday. Um, yesterday, for example, against Sheffield United, which they which they lost, which was no no real surprise to me, being a, a Villa fan. You know, whenever they're doing well, they seem to they seem to put in a bad performance. But they look back at where you know where were they last season, and they literally survived. And then a lot of uh, fans will, will look at Hawkeye and stuff like that. I don't really buy into that too much. They survived by the skin of their teeth, and to finish. If, if you asked any Villa fan after that, where would you want to finish next season? They'd just say, as long as we're not in a relegation battle, we'll be happy. Yeah. And ultimately, a mid-table finish, it doesn't just show you know the progress that the club have made, but it also does well to help you know bring in players. And I think the position they're in, where they're playing you know football, which you know is attractive. A lot of people have kind of spoken about Villa and how they, they enjoy the football they're playing. We haven't really seen it recently, but. That'll, that'll draw in players and then they can build on that. I think it's one of them seasons where you're trying to build and Wolves are in a, in a similar position, although it's kind of gone the other way where they were challenging more for Europe you know, the last couple of years and then obviously maybe a little bit of a down year, but obviously injuries mm. have played into that as well. Mm. So they are. you're right in saying they are in similar positions. I think Villa will still have you know them, them, those aspirations to maybe nick sixth or seventh. Um but if they, they need to sort out the, their consistency because I mean against Leeds they were really really good, and then against Sheffield United I still think it was a it was a decent enough performance. But you know you've got to, you've got to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net, and they just couldn't do that against Sheffield United, which are a team that have what they've lost twenty one games this season. Yeah, that's crazy amount of games. Do, do you see? You take really shallow side. Let's say you take you know you take Wolves Wolves's main guys out, you know. Raul and 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 Bolly and and a couple of others Neto are they both just average sides? Are they just average Premier League sides without them? I say that I'm not I'm not having a go because mm. I look, I watched Leicester the other night and Leicester without Madison and Barnes at Burnley and they just look like a bang average Premier League side. 
like you do, you take your best players out of any side. And to be honest, the rest of the players, you can you can give or take. Yeah. I mean, there's the talk about Spurs and you take Son and Kane. So you take your best players out of the side, you're going to struggle. You And it's about, I think it's it's more about the coaching than it's about finding a way to adapt, finding a way that works for you and maybe playing a different style. And sometimes you're going to, you're going to fail, but hopefully you can find a style that can get you across the line and win those games that perhaps you might you might have had to change slightly and change what you, your approach to a game that you wouldn't have had, you know, with with the other players playing that that would have been available. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, you look at the, I, I even look at that Man United side and you take Bruno Fernandes out of it, mm. and I think there's some players in there who who aren't stealing a living, but they're certainly not you know title challenging level players for me. Yeah, yeah. You're right in pointing that out though. You know, there every team. You know, has has their key players, and if you take them out of a side, of course they're gonna they're gonna struggle. They're gonna be hard to replace, and and I think Villa are seeing that with Grealish, and I think Wolves have seen that most of this season with with Jimenez. And you're right. You look across the rest of the side, and and you know, you look at this Villa side, for example. They've they've made some very very good signings, and they have improved the depth of player, especially compared to last season. I mean, the mm. likes of Bertrand, Traore, Oli Watkins, Emmy Martinez has been absolutely fantastic in goal. They have been improvements, so they've added players to to improve the overall, you know, balance of the side and quality of the squad outside of Jack Grealish. And it's you look at Wolves, and you do maybe think, you know, that some of the players have gone. Doherty fit in really well there. I know he's not done very well at Spurs. Um, Jota, I know Diogo Jota was blowing hot and cold for Wolves, but he's still, you know, on his on his day. I thought he was one of the most threatening Wolves players in the side. And then you've replaced them and, and maybe those players haven't quite hit the ground running and you know, you've lost Jimenez, like I said before. So it's a bit of a uh, a load of bad things have all come this season for Wolves when before, you know, injuries weren't really a thing at Wolves. It was it was amazing work they were doing in terms of the medical department and, and obviously you got a little bit of, of luck involved there as well. But it's you're right in pointing out that I think a lot of these Premier League sides, you take the key players out, and all of a sudden, I mean, you only need mm. to look at Liverpool and the run they've been on. Mm. You know, you've taken away two of their main central defenders, and then that means the midfielders have got dropping centre back, and and all of a sudden, even though they've still got you know Salah, Firmino, Mane, Trent's on a down year, Andy Robertson, it's it's still seriously hurt them. Um, yeah, it's interesting, and uh, I'd be intrigued. You know, you. <laughs> We'll come on to on to previewing the game and potential players who may be back or, or may not be, but it might just be the team that adapts better on the day on Saturday. So it could be a very interesting game, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Wolves have got one more game after this. You know, they've got to entertain Liverpool at home. I assume Villa have got one more. They might have a, a rearranged fixture as well against Everton. Yeah. I think, Luke, if I'm if I'm correct. So then we've got an international break, and I kind of wanted to touch on this international break now. Now there's. There's quite a few reports in the media that certain clubs are banning players from going to, um, for international football, um, especially with the... I mean, the timing's horrendous, isn't it? I mean, we all know mm. what the situation is recently. But you look at uh, the players who could be called up for Portugal uh, for their next qualifier against um, against Azerbaijan. Uh, Patricio, Semedo, Moutinho, Neves, Neto, I think, mm. would be the ones who would probably be in there. Uh, look, they've they've moved the game now to Italy, uh, I think, to to because because Portugal in the red zone. It's still not great, is it? Travelling away and then coming back and and you've got the same problems with everything that's going on. But I can understand from the players' point of view, they will want to travel not because. You know the safety aspect is you know is obviously 
they don't they'd rather not but they want to euro 2020 is around the corner they don't want to say no when you know if you might be on the fringes of a of a euro 2020 squad because i'm sure they still want to play for their country this summer yeah it's it, it's a tough it's one club v country isn't it it is it's a tough one to really argue for in my opinion because morally throughout this pandemic should we re- i mean i'm not i'm not saying that this is the right thing to say in terms of do sorry we shouldn't really have football on, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you when you look at it from the, the grandest perspective, you can where people are losing lives and obviously everyone's seriously affected by lockdown. T- even players travelling around the country isn't particularly great. Admittedly, mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of work to make it as safe as possible, and I think it's done wonders for people's mental health. So I'm all for the football football being played. But when you're trying to argue, you know. Let's get players together, and I mean, even the Champions League and Europa League stuff. It it doesn't ring particularly well with me because mm. you're traveling from country to country where there are different variants of the of this disease, and yeah, it just how do you legitimize that? How do you say, look, it's definitely worthwhile? I mean, the European Championships were obviously pushed back. I mean, these games are all World Cup qualifiers, so they've got to be played at some point. Sure, but realistically, is there is there not a way that you can you know, push these back? I mean, Surely you can push them back and and, and backdate them, you know, and play play back to back or some kind of weekend. Surely that, you know, especially with the vaccine and the way they're getting rolled out, and we're very fortunate in this country that that we're kind of ahead of the curve on that. Thank God mm. we've got to be ahead of the curve on something. Yeah. But uh, but but you know, hopefully two three months down the line, things are going to be a bit hell of a lot better worldwide that you can you can do this and reschedule this in a, in, a, in a safer situation exactly i mean it's it's just one of those it's one of those situations where they've looked ahead and they've said look if, if we've already got this you know truncated schedule and is congested already and then we've got the euros this summer so we can't have these qualifiers paid then and then you're looking at next season and you say well when are we going to squeeze all these fixtures in i can understand that but in the same respect the way things are going you just can't. I just. I can't see an argument for it. I, I just simply can't. Whether if if you just reduce the number of games, or even if you, I mean, it's it's pretty extreme. But you could, in theory, push the whole World Cup back a year. Mm. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not. I mean, obviously, there's more intricacies in doing that than than we'll obviously know about. And there's a lot of work involved. And oh, I can't wait for a Winter World Cup, mate. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's <sighs> just it's gonna be it's it's. It was bizarre World Cup anyway. In Thirty-five degree heat. It was bizarre anyway. But yeah. the now and and I mean there were all sorts of issues around how it was handed out anyway. Yeah. But now it just seems ludicrous to be trying to force mm. these games on players. And uh, obviously they'll want to play as, as a footballer. You would want to play for your country. You'd want to you'd want to do that. And for players like Pedro Neto, who haven't necessarily been in the Portugal setup, senior setup anyway, um, and having a, a real impact, then there's a great opportunity for him and. You wouldn't take that away from him, but at the same time, you've got to, you've got to show some sort of, you know, brains and say, look, this isn't really on. I mean, but I mean, I'm not the person who organises it. It's it doesn't it doesn't look great. I don't think it looks great when no, it's a bad know, look. Exactly when we're when everyone else is is still forced to stay in home, and I know they're lifting restrictions, and we're going to see kids back in school and stuff, and then hopefully by June that we're all kind of back to some level of of normality, which they're trying to say, but. It just doesn't. It just doesn't come across very well. And the way the Euros are set up is another one where I'm. I'm not too sure playing it in so many different countries really 
makes sense at the moment. <laughs> so, I mean, the last thing we'll be doing is is playing in different countries. You kind of want to stick to one stadium, and uh, and and that'll do you until maybe maybe the you know the, the semi-finals and finals. Yeah, at least limit to one country. Because I've got, I've got mates who've got tickets and they're saying, well, we're meant to be going to. I don't know, whatever, some country, I don't know, Belarus or wherever. I don't yeah. know where they're playing these games. but And they're saying, well, we've, we've still got the tickets, so are we going to be allowed to go? And it's, there's so many question marks over whether, A, they're actually allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. Can they do it? How much is it going to cost them? Will they have to quarantine when they come back? Will, will the country even be open? Will they need a vaccine? It's just There's so many questions when it just makes more sense. And I know it's, it's going to be a lot of rigmarole, but just play it in a single country. It doesn't necessarily need to be here. I mean, obviously the UK has handled it really well, but in terms of the vaccine rollout, but you need to you need to have a bit more common sense, in my opinion. Yeah, and the problem you've got as well, and I think the problem not only with injuries this season, and I think injuries, um, a lot of the injuries are kind of been implicated by the quick turnaround. You know, you had Wolves mm. finishing the Europa League and then not having that break, a couple of weeks or something ridiculous, and they're straight back into action, no pre-season, no games. And we've seen, not just with Wolves, but with a lot of the other clubs as well, the plethora of injuries, maybe not right at the start, but especially I'd, l- I'd love to see a poll of how many injuries there have been this season compared to last. And, and it's mm. now, you know, when you're getting into, into two-thirds of the season through that some people have maybe, maybe stayed free of fitness and stayed free of injury, of course you're always going to get them, but there's definitely an uptick. And that was a big issue with 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 the turnaround this season uh, with Wolves ha- I mean and Wolves have been one of the worst hit they didn't even get the, the first game week off like a lot of the other so-called inverted commas bigger bigger teams even yeah. though um, you know Man United went out three days later to them or something ridiculous in the Europa League and they, they got the first week free um, and to a certain extent look we're going to have the same problem this year because no one's 100% certain these games are going to get played on those dates you know it, it might move it might not hopefully it doesn't but even then, you're going to have a turnaround. The Premier League haven't declared when that seat, when the season's going to start again for them mm. next year. Um, so it's it's all up in the air. And I think and I fear that it's going to be a very short turnaround again. I don't think there'll be many pre-season tours, if any. If yeah. they are, they might go away for a couple of days to to Spain or something like that, if permissible. But can you can you do it in this season? There's not going to be that rest. There's not going to be that family time. Then you're going to be straight back on the pitch. You might play one or two games, and you're going to be off again in the season. I, I, I'm worried. I'm worried, and I hope I hope that doesn't happen. I hope there's a bit more respite, and I hope the Premier League maybe push it back slightly more than what they can do because we can't have a repeat of this year. And it's been it's been so so difficult. And these players, and you think, oh well, they're fine. They're just footballers. Their bodies need a break. They mm. really do need a break. And if you go into Euros and you're playing in different countries and you're travelling away and you've got that intense in Portugal, especially when we, look, we talk about Portugal and the amount of Wolves play, players who are playing in the Portuguese side, I expect Portugal to go pretty deep in the Euros, to be honest. I think they've got yeah. a very, very good side and, and, and probably a great chance of winning it. So you could have players like, like Pedro Nete, like Rui Patricio, like Nelson Semedo coming back to Wolves and not being available for the first couple of games because they need a proper rest. So um, it's difficult. That's it. It's it's hard, and you need to look at you know other players as well. I mean, there was a spell when I think Raúl Jiménez he he basically played for what eighteen months straight and without non-stop. a break, non-stop. And I mean that was back in normal times. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I still don't understand. And and well, I can understand the reasoning for lower league clubs why they played things like the EFL Cup and the FA Cup this year. It didn't really make sense to me at the time. And I know, I know there's you know there's money that can you know likes of Marine for example would never have earned the money. They would, they would never have got the money they did this season without without cups like that. But I feel like there must have been a way 
to to not play those cups this season and, and maybe provide some sort of extra grant surely, to, to clubs like surely. that because yeah it's it's like you said it's 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 every player which is getting affected here and yes you know players have been rested and and this and that but we've still seen like you said a, a, a ludicrous number of injuries and it's just purely down to the amount of games being played and the tight schedule that they're being played in and the fact that there was no preseason and players didn't get a break it's well I, I say they didn't get a break they got a break during the first lockdown didn't they but I mean was it was it really but enough and, and they were still well, kind yeah. of training because so, they didn't know when the games were so it, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't a true break really and it just it just it, it's, a, it's a lot of football being played for a lot of players and you're right when when the fact that Nuno is one of the players who's spoken about it normal time when games have been kind of clumped together and he's not happy about it. I don't know how he must he must be furious now with some of, some of the way these these fixtures are panning out. Yeah, and uh, look, he's had a sticky time this year, Nuno. I mean, no two ways about it. Some of it warranted, uh, a lot of it, you know, not. And uh, what you are going to have next season, hopefully, fingers crossed, is you're going to have a full Molyneux and you're going to have thirty thirty thousand fans plus. Uh, well. You know, in the stadium, yeah. absolutely chomping at the bit, waiting and hoping for for a big season as well. So there'll be a lot of pressure there, especially those first few months of the season. So, you know, hopefully there can be a rest. There can be a, get a decent rest, decent recovery. We can all be there safe, and uh, and hopefully they can um, they can live up to that expectation. Right, uh, I'm going to do this, and this could be interesting, especially talking with a with the Villa fan. We're going to try and pick a Wolves. An Aston Villa eleven, and see how many players get in from each. Now, if you ask me this last season, I might have picked ten to one. I think it might be a bit closer. Um, we're going on. We're going on. The criteria is injured players are allowed. Okay. Okay. So injured players are allowed, and we're going to go with a four-three-three system. So uh, obviously Villa have kind of played a hybrid of that. Wolves have played that this season. So we're going to go four-three-three. We'll go through each position and we'll see how many we we end up in the end. I know this is going to start off contentiously. I know. I know this is going to probably be the worst one. There might be one or two others as well. Right, here we go. Let's start from the back. Goalkeeper. I'm think- having Rui. I know really? Emmy's been great. I really? know Emmy's been great. Although he did, he did have Howl a couple of weeks ago. Rui's had a couple of disappointing-ish games for him. He's, he is my sneaky dark horse. I know Neto's been way and above what anyone else has been this season. Some of the performances he's put in recently, and at the start of the season, by the way, but especially recently, he could end up at least coming second, if not winning Wolves player of the season. He's been magnificent. And conceding four last night, the other night, he was man of the match by some distance. He's world-class, really, for me. World class, obviously Portuguese number one. Him and Martinez side to side. I'm taking Rui. Really? Yeah, really. I mean, Emilio, Mart- Emiliano Martinez has 13 clean sheets this season. Well, he's he's been talked about as a signing of the season, a Premier League signing of the season. Wolves, Wolves, Wolves reject. I've, I mean, he, he was a different player then. To be fair <laughs> to him. I can't. I can't look past Emiliano Martinez. He's been absolutely fantastic for Villa. He's he's come in and he's instantly had a massive impact at Villa. I don't see how. And 
I've I've had some stick from Wolves fans before, by the way, for a written version of these combined 11s. Oh. Where I started Tom Heaton yeah, over some him. stick from just the fans. I mean, I, I almost vomited <laughs> over my breakfast when I read it. But if I if I mean if I can afford to put Tom Heaton in over a, a season or two ago, there's a hundred percent. There's no there's no debate. Well, that was just, Martinez that was has just to be bait. Stein. That was just bait. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm, I will allow I will allow some of your dubious um, analytics for certain players. I do agree he's had a lot of clean sheets this season. But if you're putting those two side by side, you've got to pick Rui, surely. If Rui Patricio stood ahead of you and Emmy Martinez, you're not telling Rui Patricio, I'm sorry, mate, I'm going with Emmy on this game. Surely not. Surely not. I mean, I would. Would um, you? 100%. I just... I, I don't see where... And a lot of people argue that, oh, Rui Patricio is, is world-class, he's played for Portugal. doesn't really... For me, like, if you're doing a combined 11, it doesn't matter what country he's playing for. You, you know, he's starting week in, week out for Portugal. Who's, who's their number two? John Ruddy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute legend. I, I, who's Portugal's number two? I can't right, think of him. I mean, you've... We've had seven clean sheets this season. That's more to do, that's more to do with um, with the defence than than the goalkeeper. He's pulled off some unbelievable saves, unbelievable saves this season. Yeah, so now, is, so is Martinez. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think this is the most difficult one out of the lot. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, let's move it to the side. We'll, we'll call it a push for now. Should we call it a push for now? Okay, okay. Let's call it a push for now. Okay. We'll see. We'll see where we are at the end of the eleven, and then we'll balance it out with the goalkeeper, okay. shall we? Okay, right back. Uh, come for? on, Matty Cash. See, see, Semedo is getting a lot better for Wolves. A lot better for Wolves. Saying that right wing the other night didn't really was it was a bit dubious. The problem I've got with Semedo, and I've said that I've said this a couple of times, is that I think he'd be very good for seventy minutes and probably better than what people think he is. Mm. But he's got one shocking error in him a game. Oh yeah, and I'm always worried. When a play gets past him, he's behind. I just always think he's going to dive in or he's going to clip someone's heels. And I'm praying that he doesn't. And uh, I'm still, I still think he's growing into it. And I think that next season he'll probably come back and could be very, very good. I like Cash, to be honest. I think Cash is is better than what I thought he was. Mm. I think he's come a lot, come on a lot this season. And uh, I think they've missed him. I think, you know, you talk about Grealish. I think they've missed Matty Cashvilla recently. Yeah. yeah, they have. He was. I mean, Elmo was at fault for, for the for the Blades goal yesterday. He, mm. he just kind of switches off. And uh, admitted, I thought it was one of them goals that most sides would concede because it, it was a shot which ends up almost going out for a throw-in but ends up at David McGoldrick's feet. But I think you're right. Nelson Semedo, we saw in the last game against Villa, he had a really good game and ruined it. Absolutely yeah. ruined it by just... Tumbling over John McGinn, it's, it's always going to be a penalty when you do that. Mm, mm. I mean, right in the just, right in the dying waiting. moments as well. You're desperate for any kind of contact. If I'm getting contact in that situation, if anyone touches me, if I feel the slightest bit of contact, I'm going down. Exactly. And he gave you that. You're giving them that excuse. And yeah, I mean, for, for me, Samedo's just he's he's been too inconsistent. Whereas Matty Cash, I'm struggling to think of a game that he's not done well in. Maybe except for Leeds, the Leeds home game, where no one, none, not a single Villa player, did well that day, and they lost three 0 Okay, Cash is in, right, left back. Is it, how's Johnny been since he's come back? So Johnny, so Johnny, for me, has been excellent since his return. However, 
he did have probably his ropiest game against Manchester City. Now, saying that, coming back from what he's done and, and the way that Wolves have had to manage him, because obviously you can't really play him you know, in too many reserve team games, etc. Mm. So so to play him 60 minutes, you know, come back and, and play, play Premier League minutes, uh, 45, 45, 60, 60, 90, and then 60 the other night, I think they've done very, very well. And uh, I'm not going to besmirch him too much for the uh, for the for the performance on Monday night which by the way he wasn't anywhere near so you know what as bad as some of them um uh, not mentioning any names Leander Dendonka mm-hmm. um and um and I think that you know when you're when you're against the likes of Sterling and, and Jesus and, mm. and Silver and those kind of players and you're coming back from the, se- the the severe injury that he has done um I think you can kind of allow him that but for me he's he's solid I, I know he's not super exciting to watch from a maybe in a marauding point of view but I think you'll see that in his game he did come up with that second half of last season and mm. he did get involved and I think once the confidence once the fitness comes back he will do for me and I, I know what you mean I've got this I've, I've got your man at the other end of the street so I see him regularly going to Costa Coffee yeah. I think he's fine I think he's he, done well think, this season Matt he has done well I think, he, I think he's a he's he's an for me He's an average Premier League player who probably has to play above and beyond to make himself decent. And I think he does do that. And I think his work rate's good. Um, this is Matt Taggart we're talking about. But for me, it's Johnny. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Target's done well. He's improved loads this season. There's, I mean, there's been some some calls for, for him to be considered for England. I, don't, I think that's too far, to be honest, when you've got Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell ahead of him. Uh, I'd I'd be happy with Johnny there. The one thing I would say about Johnny is, was he not signed as a right back? Well, he was. He was I'd love to right see him at right back switched. because he's been superb at left back. I think. I mean, I think that's an option that they can have a look at. Really, you know, once once in a while. But he, you know, he has he has been fantastic at right back. Uh, sorry, left back. And uh, he's kind of we kind of needed him there, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he has been excellent. And to be honest, I think obviously he's not going to go to the Euros. He's not going to be in the Spain squad. I'd be incredibly surprised if he's in the Spain squad. So to get a pre-season, to get a break for him, I think he'll be key next season. Actually, I think mm. he'll, he'll finish the season very, very well indeed as well. So I think Wolves we'll really, John, really missed him, by the way. Massively missed him, massively missed him. I think, you know, it's the same as what we said about Cash. I think the same could be said for Johnny mm. um, in Wolves and the cohesiveness of that side. So, so okay, so we've got what a piece at the back. Centre-backs, give me, give me one or two, who do you think? I mean... It's so hard because I want. I think Connor Cody's been good, but in a four, there are still those question marks over him. You look at Villa's centre back pairing, and it is it's it's one of the most solid in the league at the moment. Tyro Mings and Desri. If anything, Consa's been better than Mings. Oh, and and does, does not, another centre back get in from Wolves? Uh, I think I think uh, for me, it's one apiece. For me, it's definitely one apiece. I'm not giving you Mings, mate. I'm not giving you Mings. He's been a man mountain recently. I think Concert is better than Mings. I think Concert. I like Concert a lot. I think he's very, very good, very good player. Mings, Mings for me gets. He might have improved recently, but I've seen him having some glaring errors this season. I'm not saying Connor Cody should be in either, by the way, but I'm saying Willie Bolly should be in. Willie Bolly. Willie Bolly, 100% has to be in. If you're going to have concert or Mings, I'll give you one of them. But for me, Willie Bolly has to be, has to be a, a part of that centre back. He's been in and out of the Wolves squad. Well, he's been injured. I mean, even when he was fit, there were times when he was on the bench. When? When? There was times he was named on the bench. I'm sure of it. 
No, no. There was there was there was there was once at Burnley. I think he was on the bench, but he had to put players on the bench when he was even if they weren't fit. Um, and that's what he had to do because they had to name. Nine, I think it was something ridiculous. What was it? Nine substitutes. Yeah, nine days eight. Now, yeah. So, so I think that's why. But he, he, he said afterwards, Nuno, that he had to name substitutes that 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 were never going to get on the pitch. But um, he was on the bench at Man City, obviously coming back from the injury. Um, I think we'll see him start on on Saturday. Hopefully, Nuno will hear from Nuno tomorrow. It, but. It, uh, if you'd asked me a year ago, Bolly would have been the first name on there. But this season, he's still the first he's, name on there. He's, he's been inconsistent the for me. He's been inconsistent. Uh, I don't think you can get. I think you can. Uh, I'm, I'm giving. I'm giving. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. You can have one of Concer or Mings. All right. Well, give me Concer. Okay. Concer and Bolly. At the back, right. We'll have, to, we'll have to go a little bit quicker now because okay, uh, we'll okay, okay, some okay, questions. Okay. So, okay, right. Three in midfield. Hit me. Uh, okay, so McGinn. Okay, what's it been like recently? He's he's not been the McGinn he was, but he's he's still he's still he's still more than good enough to make that command eleven. Okay. Defensive I'll, midfield. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you McGinn. I'll give you McGinn. Would you give um, me Louise? Well, this is my this is my problem, right? Wolves' midfield has been disappointing. Central midfield has been disappointing, and something where they've got they have to they have to they have to sign a really one, if not two, central midfielders this season for mm. me. So I can't have Moutinho in there. I can't have Dendonka in there. No, I, I want Neves in there because I think Neves in the right side is superb, and he hasn't been one hundred percent back to his best, but he has had some brilliant flashes. But I'll allow you two. Villa plays because I, I can't I can't make an argument for Dendonka yeah. or Moutinho as they are. All right, give me McGinn and Louise. Okay, so we got so we got Neves, McGinn, and Louise holding, and Louise holding. Yeah, that's fine. Because I'd like it. I, I prefer when Neves plays a little bit more forward thinking. Well, I he's, do. I think, he's so I think much he's more of a threat. I th- you know I hate it. I hate it when he's literally on. On the on the defender's uh, toes. Oh I think no! It's just it's awful, awful. I know he had the time in the in the championship to to ping balls left, right, and centre. But actually, as you as you saw with him the other night when he scored the header at Newcastle, you know he's coming into the box and 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 those the kind of runs where you want. Him, I'm, not saying he's, I'm not saying you want to score eight, ten goals a season, but you know you want him producing five or six, not just from the penalty spot, really. So I think giving him that um, that freedom, I think. Uh, with Louise kind of just in behind that front four will we'll definitely help him and McGinn probably. Yeah, just look at the Villa game last season when when Neves scored. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so okay, so Villa winning at the moment. Let's go to the front three. Here we go. Um, Pedro Neto, one hundred percent in for me. Yeah. Now the good thing for you is that is that he can play on the left or the right. So who do you want in? You've got to have Jack in surely. Yeah, Jackie G is definitely starting. I mean, he's the main man. So the question the question becomes up top then, doesn't it? The, the question is basically um, Raul or your main man from Brentford. Uh, f- I mean, look, it's difficult because obviously he's been out with a fractured skull. Yeah. However, even you've got to go with Raul there. Yeah, uh, Watkins has been great this season, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Jimenez, as an all-round striker for me, is one of the most complete strikers in the league when he's fit. I just can't. Yeah. I as much as I'd love to say Ollie Watkins should be starting, and he does does he, he does bring you more off the ball. I think. Well, doesn't necessarily bring you more than Jimenez off the ball, but he does bring you a lot off the ball. I've, I, I'm I'm going to side with you there. I think Jimenez gets in. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Raul when he does come back. Uh, let, let's let's hope that he recovers well, and let's hope that they just give him the time because look. You can you can see people want to see him back, but also people there's a lot of people saying, do we really need to have him back? 
You know, really? you're going nowhere in the league. Do you really want to test him for meaningless games at the end of the season? Saying that, Wolves might want to test him for meaningless games because one, they might be played not 100% going crazy and two, they might want to test him and he might want to test him out himself out as well, just, you know, confidence-wise. So I can understand it from both from both aspects. We're not going to see him play 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. That's for certain. I'm sure they'll build him up when he does come back. But um, hopefully after the international break and towards the end of the season, if we just get four or five games in before now and in the season, that will be just, that'll be one of the, the best things to happen uh, this year, really, after the fright we've got at Arsenal. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've, 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 I think you're right there. Give him like four or five games. Games and uh, some people would say, "Oh, I'd love to have him against Villa for a big game like that." I don't think that's the right idea. You know, you don't put, you don't want to put pressure on him. Oh, you just no want to, chance. you just want to say, you know, go into games. I mean, I, I, I don't know Wolves running, but you know, teams like Crystal Palace, like Fulham or someone, like games where you can, there's no pressure. Just come on, see what you can do, see how you feel. If if you're not happy at half time, then we can bring you off. It's not, it's not the end of the world, and especially in the yeah. position Wolves are in, where they're not battling for Europe, they're not going to go down. Yeah, and and look, they've got a nice run of fixtures after the international break as well. Um, yeah, and you know they've got uh, let's have a look. Uh, Fulham, they've got West Ham at home, Fulham away, Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home, West Brom, Brighton. Those are the kind of games you want Raúl Jiménez to, to to play a part and test himself out. I think so. Imagine yeah, if he definitely... comes back and scores against the Baggies. Oh, to send him down, you'll be devastated. <laughs> oh, I mean, it wouldn't help my uh, my Albion podcast reads. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely wouldn't. Uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know, Luke's been doing uh, the majority of Albion games this season uh, due to um, the fact that I think I don't think I due to the fact that you don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't think I could carry on doing doing the baggies and and wolves in the same in the same division uh, this season. And uh, look, I mean, you've seen a couple of wins, which is great, but I can't really uh, gloat because. Um, because of what happened about a month and a half ago. So uh, we'll move on quickly. We'll yeah, move on quickly. Yeah. So, look, we've got five in each. And then I guess it's just down to the keepers, isn't it? So so Wolves six to, to Villa five? No, nah, the other way around, I think. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll move <laughs> we'll on. Let's flip take a coin. Flip a, we'll flip, flip a coin. Flip okay, one second. Flip one second. a coin on the day. No, I'll do it now. One second. What, do you, what, do you, what are you calling? I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is this is going to be rigged all over. I'll call well, heads. No, no, no. Oh, it's a tail. Oh, of course it is. It's a tail. Wolves win 6-5 in a thriller. At Villa Park. Dean Smith in tears on the <laughs> sideline. John Terry's just fallen over. Oh, dearie me. Right, let's take some questions from the peeps. Um, here we go. Uh, King Wolf says, uh, who is the big loss to their team, Grealish to Villa or Jimenez to Wolves? Oh, they're both massive misses. Mm. I think when you look at the impact that it's had on Wolves, it's easy to argue that. But then you look at the impact it's had on Villa as well. And Villa's form has been inconsistent. I think... Without trying to sit on the stents, I think the fence. Sorry, I think it's pretty much equal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both massive losses, and I think we kind of answered the question earlier as well. King Wolf, you know, saying saying how big it is and what what it makes the the rest of the team look like, and, and finding a way to adapt. Uh, Jonathan Giddings, would you cash in on a dammer and improve in other areas if we could get fifty million pounds? I mean, look, if you get fifty million pounds. I mean, stock, you've got to say that dammer stock is lower than last season, where people mm. were talking about sixty, seventy, eighty million pounds. So. At the same time, if I was given fifty million pounds, you'd have to think long and hard about that in the summer, especially if he's still yet to sign. Well, he has he's yet to sign this contract as well, so you, you've got to you've got to think about that as well. I mean, he has got a long longish term deal at Wolves, but at the same time, if it's going to mean that you sign quality in the different positions, and mm. I think you know it's something that you're going to have to invest in. We've t- kind of talked on the podcast saying that well, you're going to have to replace him. You can't just you know have Pedence there who, who can play on that side and Neto. 
uh, the likes of we've talked talked about you know if I'll be do go down the likes of Pereira at West Brom. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Luckman fan. Mm. Um, I think that if you know, obviously he's, he's on loan at Fulham, but someone like that that Wolves could go in for if you're getting them for half the price, you're selling a damn and you can put you can bank twenty five million pound or thirty million pound. I mean, I, I'm not adverse to doing that. However, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell a dammer to fund uh, William Jose, Ryan Nori, and Vitinha, I'm not sure you do that. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that. So it's where you, it's how and where you use the money. I think Jonathan for me. Yeah, it's an interesting one that because if you offered me 50 million, I'd, I'd snap your hand off for a dammer. I know he offers something different, but you look at his end product this season. I know. I know he. I know he. he well, he didn't actually score the winner against Leeds, but. Mm. I mean, has he really done enough at the front end of the front end of the pitch, especially in comparison to someone like Pedro Neto? No, he's been he's been disappointing. I mean, no goals, no assists this season. It kind of speaks volumes, really. You, you can't have that, especially when you're losing your main, you know, your main leader up top. So uh, yeah, he'll be disappointed with his, his his productivity this season. I'm sure Wolves will be. However, for me, I mean, I think that I, I hope they keep him, and and I, I want to see Wolves strengthen with him still in the side because I think you know in that squad or in that team and and competing for places, he could be absolutely huge still. And he's still. There's still no one else like him. So I would like to see one more season with a fit Wolves side and two or three quality additions before they look to see what they can do. So You'd probably save a million or two on baby oil as well. <laughs> you would, absolutely. I mean, we, he's been doing that now for, for months, but at the same time, it looks like more's applied per game. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, it's basically been the, the kind of, the kind of um, shot to go to now for any kind of TV company, isn't it? I mean, the other day, I think it was at Newcastle, they were spraying it on. I mean, they must have gone through two bottles just on one bicep. He wants to get into advertising. He wants to get his face on one of them baby oil bottles. It'd make a fortune. Absolutely. Glistening. I mean, goodness me. Uh, David Ellerton, with talk of the transfers out the current bottom three, which one player would you like from each side next season? I've kind of said Pereira, and I kind of said Luckman, even though he's not with Fulham, he's on loan. Um, and David, uh, Sheffield United, I don't want anyone. Oh, yeah, I don't want anyone. Ramsdale is a backup keeper. Oh, Maybe, but that's not going to happen. He's twenty one million quid. Yeah, their business has been dreadful, hasn't it? I mean, Brewster. Oh. I mean, we're talking about Adama not doing much going forward. I mean, this guy—he's he, not starting games, is he? They signed him for twenty million. I think he started last the, last night, didn't he? Came off after like fifty nine, didn't he? Yeah, but I mean, he's one in every six or seven. He's uh, he's starting. I mean, that's just been an absolute disaster. And, and the deal they got for him—they paid massive money, and then Liverpool got a buyback clause just in case he did go off for like a ridiculously <laughs> short fee. It was just a crazy deal all round. It was basically—I mean, that's just just. That's the the strength and the power of clubs like Liverpool. We're like, well, we don't gonna, we'll keep him, we'll keep him, we'll keep him. We don't need to sell him. Well, here's this ridiculous deal, and then you can buy him back when he's good. Oh, go on then, that's fine. Mm. If he doesn't work out, then 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 we'll have twenty five million pounds. Thanks very much. One thing I'd say about West Brom, and a lot of people look at Pereira. I mean, mm. I've, as you said, I've covered them a fair bit this season. One player who I think, if you after a midfielder, someone who can screen that back four. That lad they've signed from Celta Vigo on loan. Uh, okay. 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 He has been absolutely superb. He has changed that side. He is a, a honestly proper player, really, really good player. Defensively, very very smart. Good in the tackle. Can move. He moves the ball forward really well as well. Oh, okay. I know he gave away a penalty the other day, but he's only on loan from Celta Vigo and. Mm. Uh, you probably get him for what a decent price. I would have thought. Oh yeah, and then if he's not in the that, shop window, it'd be perfect for him. Shop window. If he goes down, then you know he's not going to go to Albion, and then he's the Premier. I'm sure there's a few Premier League clubs who will be looking at that and saying, can they get a deal over the line quickly? Yeah, Albion fans will hate me for saying that, by the way. But another one, Conor Gallagher on loan from Chelsea. 
Yeah, he's a real yeah. player, real player. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, it's a good. I, I do like both of them actually. Fair play. Um, Wayne says, uh, "We'll we'll Wolves have to sell a big asset to strengthen the squad in the summer." Um, definitely not Neto for me. If they sell Neto in the summer, I think I think we can kind of understand. We kind of see where Fosun are going if they do. Yeah. Because they, they can't talk about. They cannot talk, especially after Jota, especially after Doc. Um, you cannot talk about trying to get into that top four and breaking through, and then and then you know being perennial Euro- Europa League candidates with the odd Champions League run if you're selling your very best player at 20 years old. So if they do do that, then I think that many people will be absolutely furious. Depending, I don't care what money you get for him, you've got to build the team around someone like Pedro Neto, Adama Traore. Like we said, I think you know if you do have, if you do have to sell someone and you have to and, you, and you're buying a brilliant centre back, a ready-made centre back for 25, 30 million pounds, and you've got room for a midfielder as well then I think we can talk if you saw Pedro Neto in the summer then you, you you're getting you're asking for trouble for me mm, I think Wolves need to treat Pedro Neto like Villa have treated Grealish try and get him tied down to another deal uh, and try and build the team around him I think he's already had two two new deals in the space of a year and I think they're talking about or, or there might be I might be wrong about this but I'm sure that they're probably going to offer him a third deal as well um, just to just to tie him down even more because I mean he's just a different class saying that he should probably score a few more goals than he is doing. Oh yeah, um, you know, and that will come. Of course, that will come. But the fact that he makes the runs, the fact that he's, you know, he's he's got the ability just shows, and he's playing in a struggling side, which doesn't help. But when you've got a side that's that's really firing, he's going to hurt teams and mm. he's going to hurt them badly. Uh, Matt Kirby asking about Rafa Mir and saying, you know, is he a potential option uh, next season? I don't think so, Matt. I think as soon as you go out on loan, I think that's. That's game over, unless you're someone like Morgan Gibbs White, which you know we've talked about in past, saying that. To be honest, I'm not sure there's a decision to be made on him at the end of the season. But Rafa Mir, you know, Patrick Cotroni was probably the odd exception to that, and we saw how that lasted when he got recalled. I think they'll just um, play it out if they get a deal for him, a permanent deal in the summer or whatever. And I think that that'll be Rafa Mir. I'd be stunned if he comes back in a wolf shirt. Oh yeah, um, no chance. Um, Let's have a look. Stephen Park says, uh, Luke, he says, can we all agree that the rivalry, in inverted commas, has nothing to do with the fans and everything to do with the, the former Villa manager? He says, spud-headed former Villa manager. Neither of us like the lot in the middle and are all a bit meh about each other, but they are a favourite team with a broom postcode. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, the rivalry between Villa and, and Wolves. I think you can look back and kind of pinpoint when that really started. It was, it was that championship season, wasn't it, where they were both yeah. kind of battling. To, yeah. to go up and obviously Villa didn't manage it and then lost in the playoffs under under Bruce. Um but yeah, it's it's a weird one because I think every every Villa fan will say the main derby's blues, every Wolves fan will say the Derby's uh West Brom and, and that rivalry is 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 one which is kind of generated because they're they're kind of close to each other, but ultimately they're not it's it's not the same city and it's a it's a bit of an interesting one, but they'll always try and big up those kind of games. I mean, I remember they were trying to big up the Leicester game back when Wolves first got promoted, saying it was a derby. I was like, forget that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul Mansell, any news on the kit supply for next season? Lots of people are saying we are parting ways with Adidas. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the next couple of months or a month or two. Um, what what I would say is. The problem you have, and and there's this there's this clamour, isn't there? Especially when you go up, I think. Look, oh, let's have an Adidas or a Nike kit. That'd be brilliant. That'd be mint. That'd be the best thing ever. Let's move away from what we've had before. This is we're in the big boys league now. Mm. And then you get these sign these deals, and you've quickly realised that the priority for these massive, massive, massive brands 
wolves is is one of the the lowest priorities possible because that they're only going to do specific bespoke designs for your very very top clubs because the demands there they don't need it they don't really massively need this contract so you know sometimes you, you get down and the, it, whether it's the color or the shade or you look at it and you go well this is just like every other kit that everyone's wearing it's kind of basic but at least we've got an adidas we've got a nike swoosh or whatever and you know the quality's there but i think more and more fans are looking for to smaller companies and, mm. and, and to people who can really spend time and make a kit which by the way is an astronomical amount of money when you're spending it especially if you've got a family of two or three or four yeah. and you've got kids who want to be in the full kit as well you want something that's not just quality, but that's had a lot of time and effort and thought about it, and something you can wear for a long time. I, you know, I'm I'm all for going to a smaller brand to give you more time, who gives you more attention to detail, and to make it special rather than going for a, a big name. I think Adidas need to be binned off by Wolves simply because of that away kit this season. Ooh. I mean, no, no dis. I know, I know I'm on a Wolves podcast. What? Not that not is the, grim. What, not, not the Portugal one. I like the Portugal, the Portugal one's one. great. But, yeah, oh yeah, my course. word, the blue and white away one. It's street, <laughs> mate. It's street. It's Me and dreadful. the boys were down the down the down the half pipe the other day wearing it, mate. And uh, <laughs> it, go, it, go, it goes down fine, mate. Doing a few um, double take turn wolf whistle banter, you know, spins. It was awesome, mate. Oh, awesome. mate, absolutely grim. I think the wolves should follow the route that Villa did a couple of seasons ago. Um, I think it was the year they went up. They they went with like a local provider, Luke. It's called, funnily enough, Luke. Oh, here we go. That was one of the best kits that Villa have. I mean, and Villa fans was that in this. the lining? Was it? You could see different. There was like iconic things. Was it? Oh, oh yeah. Man, there man. was there was so many intricacies. Nothing you'll get with Adidas or Nike, where they literally they they will find a, a t-shirt template and they yes. will slap the badge and the sponsor on. Yeah, that's literally, and that's literally, and and put sixty quid on it. Oh yeah, You're, I mean, if you want one of the pro versions, have you seen them pro versions nowadays? No. Ninety quid. What? What's the difference? It, it it's basically the elite fit. So like you know you know how all the players all have like skin tight yeah, you know, yeah kits on now. It's one of those. Um, I mean, uh, not good no for the, one, not no good one for the bigger that. gentleman. Not good for the bigger <laughs> gentleman or, or lady. Um, but yeah, oh, that, ninety quid for for one of those. Oh, you know, you say that it look out of out of place. Um, you know, holding up my barbecue Pringles, watching the TV. I'm just saying, um, it it it'd be a struggle to get it on and off. Oh God, absolutely. <laughs> to be honest, double XL back in the day was a struggle. It still look that looked like it was painted on. Uh, right. Um, Jay says, uh, if you combine the the Wolves and the Vila squads, what's the best starting eleven? We've answered the question, Jay, in about 25 minutes, baby. So uh, you're very welcome. Um, Chris is saying about the 10-day quarantine and about players going away in international duty. We've answered that as well. Uh, Alex is... Uh, he's saying thoughts on William Jose. Now, it's a difficult one, William Jose, because he hasn't scored yet. And I think people will kind of like look at him on goals. I like Jose. However, he desperately needs a goal, especially with Raul coming back. Let's say the next... Let's say he's got five games in him, Raul. Let's say, you know, hypothetically, he might not. You've got to think that if there's a £22 million option on, on a 29-year-old, 30-year-old striker who hasn't scored a goal yet, you've got to think that he's going to be struggling. And mm. I understand that he makes moves and he takes players away, but he has been very, very quiet in games. And he did help, you know, uh, when never scored that header at Newcastle. So, you know, he, he did make a very good run there. But at the same time, you need a bit more than just making a good run one in every three games when you haven't scored a Premier League goal yet. Um, and, and of course, was an unused substitute at Manchester City. Fabio came on before him. So it'll be interesting to see what Nuno goes with on Saturday and whether he gives Jose another start up front. Um, it's, um, 
it's very risky for me signing someone if he hasn't scored. And I think he could score, and I think he will score some goals before now and the end of the season. However, you've got to think for him, he's got to um, he's got to start scoring sooner rather than later because if you're up top. And there's no guarantee what Raul, you know, how Raul is going to come back. You need someone, a very, very able deputy. Mm. I, I think with Jose, it reminds me almost that your description of him then, saying he makes good runs, he makes smart runs. That was exactly what Villa fans said of Scott Hogan. Mm. Um, so, you know, spending that kind of money on a player, who, and it's hard for him because he's obviously come from Spain. He's, you know, it's his first season in England. He's not played in England before. And you're asking him to replace, you know, one of the Premier League's top strikers in Raúl Jiménez, and it's, it was always going to be tough for him. But you're right. From what I've seen of him, obviously not as much as you or the Wolves fans watching this, it's been a bit of a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jay says uh, next year will be 40 years since Villa won something in Europe. Apparently, will they finally stop talking about it once it hits the 40 year mark? <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think Villa fans will ever stop talking about 1982, mate. Not until not until sides start winning the European Cup as well. Uh, he says uh, he also says uh, our Villa without Grealish basically Walsall. <laughs> I think they're slightly a step above League Two. Um, I think I've, uh, no, they've got enough good players, but around them, like for example against Sheffield United yesterday, they did create, but they just didn't take their chances away. I think you know, the players of like like Bertrand Traore, like Ollie Watkins, are still. A little bit above uh, League Two standards. <laughs> Luke Brereton says, uh, last one from Luke, he says, uh, looking ahead to the summer transfer window, will Wolves be able to attract players to improve first team like Villa have been able to do? Or will it be a continuation of getting young players to develop? It's a crucial season for Fosun and Nuno. Couldn't agree more, Luke. I think it has to be. I don't think next season is the time to buy players for the future. I think we've had that. Um, and hopefully, you know, it comes to fruition you know, in, in, in years to come with Fabio, I still think Fabio's got quite a bit to offer, to be honest. I know a few people have written him off. I think that, you know, if he comes across in the Cups next year and plays a bit of League Cup action and comes on for 15, 20 minutes, like we saw at Newcastle, being busy, denied by a great save, really, for, for the winner there. Um, I think if you use him in, in a situation like that and then bring him on, have another year on the training ground with normality. Remember, this is an 18-year-old kid who's coming with a handful of starts for Porto um, and he's been put into a pandemic with, with in, in a new city, in a new country. I mean, you've got to give the guy a bit of cha- a bit of time. I think he'll need another season. And then the season after that, we might have a player in our hands. I think he was judged very harshly, to be honest. But we will see. Got to buy players that are ready to go now. You've got to buy a striker ready to go now. You've got to buy one, if not two, central midfielders ready to go now. And you have got to buy. You have to buy an absolute top-notch defender. And if you don't, if you don't, then... Um, you're going to start losing your top players because they're not going to see the ambition there. And the people, like the, the likes of Pedro Neto and your top, top players will be looking elsewhere if Wolves cannot fulfil their ambitions. So they're going to have to put their money where their mouth is. They're going to maybe have to take one or two risks that you probably don't want to have to normally take. However, when you take risks, and I think Villa have taken risks as well, yeah. Luke, and it's kind of it's kind of uh, paid off. You don't need to hit 100% with 100% of them. But if you take three risks and, and one or two of them pay off, that can be that can be fine. That that that's good enough. Yeah, I think they need to kind of follow Villa's kind of strategy and over the summer. I mean, you, you're right. They they did take risks. Emiliano Martinez was twenty million quid. Yeah. For a backup goalkeeper who yeah. was playing at Arsenal, uh, that was a risk. Watkins. Uh, Watkins. I mean, they they could pay up around thirty million for him, and he was playing in the Championship. That's that is a risk. 
And then I thought, know, and I thought it was a shocker. And, and he's done very well. I know he's missed some chances, but to be fair, you can't knock him with the way he's led the line. Oh no, he's been fantastic. And then equally, Bertrand Traore, Matty Cash. Yeah. Uh, Villa are in a, a fortunate circumstance where every signing they've made this summer, maybe some question marks over Ross Barkley. Morgan Sanson only came in January, so you can you can give him the rest of the season, I think. Where every one of them's come off, and mm-hmm. Wolves need to look at Villa's kind of recruitment, and I I think it will be maybe t- tougher for them because obviously they've they've always kind of liked to shop in markets which other clubs won't know about. I mean, no one would have really heard of Pedro Neto before he joined Wolves and look sure. and look at that. But equally, there have been some signings where. I mean, Nelson Semedo is slightly different because he was a big name coming from Barcelona. I think a lot of people would have figured that would be a, a, a right sign. And I still think time will tell there, although he's a little bit older than I thought he was when they initially signed him. But the likes of Aitnori, the likes of Vitinha, there are some serious question marks over them, not to mention William Jose. But like like I said, with, with, with Sanson, who signed in January. So I do think they need to kind of follow that kind of method. But at the same time, Fosun are slightly different owners to, to Villas. Villas, I mean... Everyone will want to make money out of a football club, but Villa's Villa's owners seem more open with their checkbook in terms of let's let's get success sooner rather than later. I cannot believe we've just gone out for one hour and nine minutes. I know you've got to go, Luke, because you're, you're covering the West Brom game yeah. um, in about half an hour's time. You didn't get the prediction of the team right, by the way. Scott I missed out by a player, didn't I? You did. I've just seen he was on the bench. So, uh, very interesting. Right, OK. Uh, right, Saturday, Villa, Wolves. Um, talk me through what formation and the players, or just or just, just go with name them, basically. Name your starting eleven for Villa. Well, it's, you think they're gonna line up? it's a tough one at the moment. It'll still be like a 4-2-3-1-4-3-3 style. Um, mm-hmm. Matty Cash is fighting back from injury now. He did his hamstring. I'm not too sure whether he'll be wrist for Wolves. So I'd guess now that you'd see Elmo there. Obviously, Martinez in goal. Centre-backs will be the same. Tyrone Mings, Esri Concer. Left-back, Matt Target. Uh, the midfield is, is a little bit questionable at the moment. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Douglas Luiz starting, although Nakamba's done well since he's come in in central defence in, in midfield. Uh, Jacob Ramsey might start again, uh, and then McGinn possibly, although Barkley could step in. The real question marks over whether Jack Grealish is fit or not. It's, it's a really weird injury. It's a shin injury, which they've not really come out and said exactly what it is, how long it's going to be. It's one where he's almost being assessed game by game. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably find out on the day, you know, on the day of Dean Smith's presser whether or not he'll be fit or not. And then, or it'll... even 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 if even then he, he might not want to say if he's going to be touch and go. Is he the one want to say too much? Exactly. I mean, and it'll be weird because it'll be the second game out of four which where Grealish hasn't featured against Wolves. He seems to always end up missing some of these games. Um, and it'll be Bertrand Traore and Ollie Watkins. So if you you know had to put money on it now, would you say Grealish starts or not? Oh no. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, it was. I mean, it would be a massive lift for Villa if he did, but mm-hmm. the the way that this this injury has kind of been dealt with so far, you just never know when he's coming back, and I wouldn't bet on him being back. Yeah, um, Hoover comes out of the team for me. Uh, I think they go. I think Willie Bolly comes back in, obviously on the bench. But for me, I'd like to see Willie Bolly. So hopefully, he starts uh, in that back three, back five, alongside Cody and and Saiz with um, with the normal wing backs. Of course, in Johnny and Semedo, I think he'll go again, of course, with Zhao and Neves. And then up top is kind of an interesting one. I think up top's 
Neto Traore, I think, will start. And I, I'm going to say that I think he'll start William Jose. I know that Fabio Silva came on um, at Manchester City, but I think that Jose will probably be the guy who will get the nod. I mean, they brought him in. I know he hasn't cost them too much at all, if anything. They've added it to the, the final transfer fee if they do sign him, the option to sign him. But I think that Jose starts um, again on Saturday. Prediction. This is going to be an interesting one. And uh, I'm not quite sure. I think I've got a scoreline in mind. Yeah, I've got a scoreline in mind, but we'll we'll go with uh, Mr. Luke Hatfield first for a prediction. I don't think it'll be a thriller. I think it'll be very similar to the game at Molyneux. Um, okay. I'm going to go one all. One all. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to go. Go yeah, Wolves heavy. I'm going to say that they they get it together. I'm going to say it's going to be Aston Villa one, Wolves two, and uh, it's uh, the points three points each this season. I'm going to say William Jose opens his account. I've been waiting to, to use a GIF for him to score for about two months now. <laughs> been in your draft uh, for that long, has it? It's literally been my drafts along with a lot of other players who haven't scored yet. So I'm hoping he scores so I can get it out. Um, and I'm going to say Neto, Neto scores as well. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one, mate. It's going to be an interesting one. But I'll let you go. I'm sorry we've gone on so long. 72 minutes. Normally I was, I was expecting 50 to 55 on this one, but loads to talk about. Luke, have you enjoyed yourself? Oh yeah, I can't wait for the live podcast. Even though I won't be necessarily on screen, I'll be I'll be I'll be acting producer. You'll be acting producer for it, but maybe we'll get you on screen for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's going to be good, mate. For everyone, and if, if you know if you, if you fell asleep at the start, whatever. Remember, make sure you tune in live next week for our two hundredth episode. Myself, Mr. Joe Edwards, and the return of Mr. Tim Spears for a special one-off show raising money for charity not just listening to it you'll see our beautiful faces it will be a virtual show it'll be an interactive show it's going to be fun seven o'clock next thursday march the 11th we'll make sure we give you plenty more warning from me from luke have a great weekend fingers crossed three points take care bye bye